You will stay here. And you will not leave this room. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Yes, Mrs. Do you know why God made you pregnant? So that when he kills that baby inside your womb, you will feel a fraction of the pain that you caused us when you tore our children from our arms. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? We did it offer it. And this is the will of God, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. No one knows the things of God. The world has tilted on its axis. God has granted us a child of our own, Serena. He wants us to be together. It's not your place to guess at the intentions of God. Hi, this is Gina, and welcome to the latest episode of Resisting Gilead, where we are talking about Season 4, Episode 7, Home. With me today, I have Jenny from the DVR Daily Podcast family. You will probably recognize her voice if you have tuned into her and Axel's podcast when they talked about Big Little Lies. And also, she was one of the many podcasters that covered the third season of Westworld, though not with me, not in my group, um, <laughs> uh, last year. But this is the first time she and I are podcasting together outside joint group things. So Jenny, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be talking to you about The Handmaid's Tale. I am super excited too. Thanks, Gina. <laughs> I, I, yes, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while for the show and, and for us mm -hmm. um, being on a podcast. I think the last the West time, world roundup. Yeah. Westworld roundup. <laughs> I think we did the kind of top 10 shows. Oh, I forgot Axel. about that. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Around the holiday time. Um, that was a lot of fun too, but um, yeah. So before we kind of kick off and getting into this, episode specifically what have you thought of this season so far um I've I've mostly liked it um I I remember hearing you say something about are we gonna have to see that clip of them getting hit by the train every episode <laughs> I was like yes that is what I'm thinking too but yeah it's been very interesting it's been different than the previous seasons in my opinion and uh Junior sometimes loved a hater, um, still hating on Serena Joy. And um, it's been it's been an interesting watch. Um, I don't feel like most of the episodes have been quite as heavy as previous seasons. But um, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some of that because of the uh, subject matter. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, 
I agree. It's, you know, it hasn't been quite as brutal as last seasons, but there are still some points. And I think Mm-hmm. we see it in this episode, which should be amazing, right? Because June is out of Gilead and in Canada, and yet there's still so many layers of damage and trauma, um, I think. And But let's start at the beginning with her getting off the, um, getting off the boat and then coming into the beautiful Fairmont Hotel, I was like, wow, she is getting VIP service. Look at this place. It's amazing. Right. It was. It was. And, and then after the austere, um, you know, way that Gilead is, the the way it's all just kind of gray and, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, you have those brick homes and whatever where they live, but like the other towns where, or cities like Chicago, where it's just like a war zone and things like that. And then just coming into this, opulent hotel it's yeah it's a lot (laughs) yeah it it was a lot and you just see her like watching all the people and they're dressed in normal clothing and um the piano player I thought it was really interesting how they had the piano player in the lobby and then that music was clashing with the at last music it's like yeah this is a clash this Mm -hmm. is definitely a clash of her coming back into um kind of the world as she used to know it. And and then what was also just kind of chilling is it shouldn't have been. They all get in that elevator and she still has that completely dead look on her face. And it's exactly the same kind of elevator ride. It seemed like as she was in the torture prison going up to the going up to the roof. And it's just like this is still torture in in a weird way. It should be, it should be you know, Eden, it should be paradise. But for some reason, this still seems like torture, uh, which was hard to kind of embrace. Right. I mean, she's, you're, you're right, completely. I hadn't even caught that, you know, the, the similarities between those two elevator rides um, when I was watching either time. I mean, I noticed her in the elevator, but it hadn't dawned on me to, uh, oh yeah, this is because the expression on her face, she's in different clothes and in a totally different situation, but the look on her face, the expression, I think is probably pretty similar if I'm recalling the other scene correctly, even though, you know, like you said, she was going and she didn't know where she was going. Again, she's in that same situation, just a different place, a much better quote unquote place, but yeah. 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 And even though she's with people she knows and loves and trusts, you know, Mm -hmm. at least Luke and Moira, it's still just kind of, you know, going into the great unknown. Um, and then, um, yeah, and, the, and then her being able to like go in and take that shower and lock the door. I think that's probably the first time she's been able to lock a door in any right. room in, you know, however many years and just to have that like complete privacy and not worry about anyone busting in on you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and it was so weird how like she was just moving really, really slow. And, and when she got in there, yeah, the way it just was like focused with her, like closing the door slowly and then turning the lock. And it's like, that has to be like, I haven't done this in so many years and I haven't been able to do this. And what is going on? I mean, I can't imagine the uh, thoughts that were running through her head, or maybe she was just blank. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just too, too much, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, just like going through the motions. And then, you know what I thought was really interesting and I hated it and I'm sure it was completely <laughs> intentional. They, mm-hmm. like the red robe in the hotel room. I hated that too. Oh. <laughs> in my notes, I was like, that was shitty that they gave her a red robe. <laughs> never stayed at like the you know the three fancy hotels I've stayed at that have had robes none of them have ever been any other color than white and so I was just really really right I've not ever I've not ever gotten a satin robe either like that was fancy yeah (laughs) or silk or whatever it was (laughs) fine fabric not terry cloth (laughs) yes exactly yeah not your traditional spa robe um And then it was kind of like, she sees Luke like setting up the table and you could tell he's like really excited and trying to make it perfect. And she's just like, I can't even, I'm just, (laughs) she just crawls into bed. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. 17 hours later, I was like, (laughs) oh, I wish I could sleep for 17 hours. Yeah. The last time I did that, I was like 19. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I've ever been able to go that long. I think I was like 14 or 15 hours, but I was working a day job and a night job just to have extra money. Uh, I didn't even like have any reason for it. I was just like, I worked during the morning and then I worked in the evening and and then I was out partying. And (laughs) so there was a time when I slept for like 15 hours straight, but she had a much better reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. It's I can't even imagine coming out of that type of trauma. Cause and, and I think the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, would I be acting this way? Like, how would I be acting? You know, I don't know. It's just um I'd like to think I'd be a lot more excited and happy than she seems to be. But mm-hmm. um I guess you know you just can't know. It's um you just can't know kind of, I I mean, I empathize with her and I, I, I I would, I would, I mean, she has some happy moments in this episode, uh, Mm -hmm. especially at the very end, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But, um, she, she just seems like she's shell-shocked, you know, like she just, it's too much. Like she's, she's glad that she's away from it, but at the same time, you know, her guilt over Hannah and everything else. And, (laughs) it's just hard for her to be excited at that moment. I think there's just too many things going on in her, in her mind. And Luke seems like, uh, he just like, seemed like he had the jitters. He just didn't even know what to do. You know, this was totally out of the blue for him too. Like, you know, when, when Moira was going over to do with the, whatever the aid team with, uh, Una, he, I'm sure had no idea that when she came back, she was going to bring, be bringing June, you know, she had no idea of that. So like he had no, no clue this was coming. And it's just like, that's a lot for him too. It's just on the other, other side of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and let's talk about them because I mean, I think this is also kind of very interesting because from everything we know about them, they were very much in love, very happy. They were going to try to start having another baby before all this happened. Um, And so much has happened since. He knows she's been with another man that she says she loves and he's even met him, um, not realizing it at the time. But um, watching these two try to come back together is, is pretty crunchy. And I mean, even just starting with the conversation about Hannah in the hotel room, 
mm-hmm. you know, she, she tells him the part of the story that will make him feel better, but she doesn't tell him the mm-hmm. most recent part. And right. I mean, what do you think of that? Because she told Moira the truth, which that's something else. She's able to tell Moira the truth, but she, she's not able to tell Luke the truth. And how soon is it before Moira and Luke compare notes? I mean, <laughs> right. So I, I don't, um, I, the last episode when she was like having all the flashbacks with, uh, with her past, was that, that was just last episode, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when she was having all the flashbacks with Luke and, and Moira and stuff like it, it, it puts some complica- complications in there as far as what we think and know of June and Luke and June and Moira, I mean, and Moira and Luke, I mean, they seem to be doing great now, but um, they did seem very much in love and that they wanted all those things. And it's just super awkward now. And I feel like she, with that whole expectation where she was blaming herself for not being able to bring Hannah back. And I think that's why she told Moira, because, you know, when she was trying to take the lifeboat and, and, and leave so she could go back to Hannah and you tricked me into leaving her there and I shouldn't have left her there. And she feels this immense guilt for some reason. And maybe it's related to the fact that Luke's ex-wife couldn't have a baby or whatever. And her expectation that if she doesn't give him children, that, that he's not going to want to be with her. I'm not sure, but there's something there. And I was not at all surprised that she didn't tell him that last Mm. part because she just wanted to give him the feel good part of it, which was, you know, and she didn't even like finish out how that feel good part ended, you know, when (laughs) Hannah was ripped away from her that time too. And then, you know, it's like he, she only told him the, the happy ending stuff because that's what, what she feels like he can take because you know she told Moira I know what he can take and um I'm just it's weird I don't I don't know what to think about them (laughs) well it it is weird and the whole idea of what he can take because we'll get to that scene later on that was just like what the fuck is this Mm -hmm. um but um I did think it was really nice the way you know, she was talking to Mark Tuello and Luke's like, I, I want to take June home to our daughter, which mm-hmm. I thought that was very nice that he's basically accepted Nicole as his own at this right. point. Right. Um, and she had a, a nice smile on her face there, which I thought that was, you know, I think that shows a lot from him anyway, that he's like, hey, because at first he didn't really want to have anything to do with that kid. He was just like, what is this? Why is this baby here? Why are you putting this on me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then they go home. It's, you know, uh, brick houses for some reason, you know, it's definitely a far cry from any of the previous brick mansions she's been living in, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's so, um, there seems to be a theme because their apartment building was very brick and I mean, a lot of the stuff on the East Coast was built in brick, but um, I just thought, oh, this is such a cute little house. And, mm-hmm. you know, they might not have ever had this if they stayed in, you know, if they were still in Massachusetts. Um, right. But super cute. Emily's there with Nicole. And I just, I know Alexis Bordell is, is a tiny person, but she just looks so tiny compared to that baby. Like that baby was huge. I was just like, are you sure you can hold that baby? <laughs> she is a little, little tiny thing. 
um, um yeah and little nicole she's just got a big old baby head and, <laughs> you know like it just makes her you know she's just yes it like took up uh, alexis or uh, emily emily's whole torso to hold the baby wow. like <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a little, I kind of wish she hadn't been holding the baby because I would have liked to see those two hug or something. It mm -hmm. seemed like a very, um, I don't know, the levels of uh, reunion, it, I don't know, it seemed a little off to me. Like I wanted to see more between those two. But, yeah, there was um, like a strange look on her face when she saw Emily. I couldn't really decipher what what that look was about, but it was it was odd. Yeah. Yeah, it was odd. Maybe she was having some regrets that she didn't go with her that time. I don't know. Um, you know, because she's out now without Hannah anyway. So it's, you know, she still kind of ended up in the same scenario just much later with much, you know, kind of a, a ton more happening to her in that time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it would have been kind of a simpler time for her to, you know, she would have come out without having gotten the kids out but she also would have come out you know not having kind of hannah removed and moved somewhere she didn't know um you know her handmade friends would still be alive you know there's i think so much more that wouldn't have happened to her she never would have had to kill she never would have had to kill um winslow or let eleanor die or um yeah Maybe that was it. It's like a point, like if I had left with you, there's so much, so much that wouldn't have happened to me. Um, right. Hmm. But she also wouldn't have saved those children. I know. And that, that really <laughs> is the big thing. That really is the big thing. And Rita too. Yeah. And all the other Marthas that were, weren't there like nine Marthas or something? Yes. On yes. The flight? Yeah. Nine Marthas. Uh, and then she took out a few commanders, a few more commanders with that poison right. in the night yeah. raid. Yeah. So that's um, pretty interesting. Let's finish talking about her and Luke, but I do want to cover the grocery store stuff because mm -hmm. that was interesting. Um, I feel like this is kind of jumping around. I don't want to um, give too Sorry. much away. <laughs> So I was trying to be vague about the later stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how do we tackle this? Why don't we just like get into it? It's, um, I know going in order, there's kind of this, um, let's talk about the grocery store and then we'll, then we'll jump around. So, you know, she's home. They, she gets up the next morning. Luke and Moira totally have this like parenting thing down together, they which do. is very interesting. And kind of awesome in a way and then also kind of sort of <clears throat> weird but mm -hmm. you know they um I don't know they've just totally got it covered um you know when the grocery store I was like oh my god she needs to be changed and she's like I have no diapers and he's like here's one rips it from the package and it's just like they're kind of the seamless team and yes. you know she keeps telling every time she kind of leaves she goes love you you know she's always like big with I love you's and and everything and I always kind of got you know as we saw in the last episode she really had some doubts about Luke and but that those have changed over time um mm -hmm. but even in some of the earlier flashback scenes she was always kind of giving him a hard time for like being a dude and <laughs> you know uh, very very kind of like a sibling type relationship um right. but it seems to be kind of on the the better side but 
here's the thing in the grocery store, they're looking at the potato chips and she's like, what's happened to potato chips in the last seven years? I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, just a few months ago, when you got those kids out, you were saying it's been five years since they took your kids from you. So I'm kind of like, what do you, where'd this extra two years come from? And it's like, maybe Gilead had kind of taken over before they started removing all the kids from the women. I, I, I don't know. It just seemed really bizarre to me to add that seven year comment in there. Yeah, so back a couple episodes ago when they showed the scene where um, Janine had gone to the, um, when she was trying to go get an abortion and then she had gotten duped into going to one of the pregnancy decision mm -hmm. centers. Um, the way that they were acting, I don't know if that's, I know that those places exist because I know of them in my own town, but um I wondered if Gilead was already like taking its hold at that time um, because of the way, I mean, it just seemed very Gilead, like the way that that lady was treating her. Um, and so there were already apparently fertility issues for some people was the way that I took that. So how long before, you know, they started taking the women was that, um, so I think that your thought that maybe uh, they had started doing something about being healthier or whatever mm -hmm. a couple years before, it may not be totally wrong. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, it seemed odd too. I was like seven years, you've been gone seven years. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that could be. And cause I think weren't they in like a state of um, they were in a state of martial law for a while, at least before it seemed, you know, maybe while the new government was organizing, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And even before that, that attack on the Capitol happened, I think that was the morning where June, you know, first asked Luke, oh, you need to sign my birth control refill application. So we know at least some type of laws had already gone into place where the husband has to sign off on the birth control. Yeah. Exactly. As you said, kind of the, the, um, the, uh, the anti-abortion clinics, I don't want to call them pro-life because they seriously are not, <laughs> um, on many spectrums, both in Gilead and here, but yeah, so it must be, um, it must be just that, you know, stuff, I don't know. Stuff, stuff started changing before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, either way, I do have a funny comment about that whole potato chip aisle yes. because my husband does not watch handmaids, but he's seen bits of some of the episodes when I'm watching and he has asked questions. I was like, Oh, look at you. You seem almost interested. Um, <laughs> but when he saw the grocery store and he's like, they're supposed to be in Canada. That's not in Canada. Stores in Canada don't look like that. <laughs> so anyway, he's like, they don't have all that. They don't have all those chips. <laughs> that's funny. That's, yeah. That's really funny. Um, yeah, who knows if that was, I think that was like a real grocery store though. I, I feel like I've heard of that chain, whatever it mm -hmm. was uh, when mm -hmm. they go in, but um, yeah, that, that is kind of funny. Um, but of course, like that whole grocery store scene, like when she walks in, I'm like, this is interesting because this is probably 
the place that will feel most familiar to her mm-hmm. just because she does the daily grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it definitely brought back all her trips to the grocery store in Gilead right as soon as she walked in the store. Yeah. To me. And, which is kind <laughs> of like, for the most part, a happier place for her, I think, because at least you get to see your friends mm-hmm. at the grocery store and get to socialize, except for, you know, that one time that, um, you know, of Matthew was, was shot in there, um, when she went crazy on Janine, but, um, Mm. well, with a, with a weird eye assist from June, but, um, yeah, it was just like, oh, this is great. And then as soon as she was going to take that bag of potato chips, I'm like, oh crap, she's going to see Alma on the other side. And of course there is, that's when her PTSD flashbacks start and she sees Alma, um, that time they were like, you know, kind of trading secrets through the thing. And then, you know, two um, Muslim girls, I guess, walk by and they're, they happen to be wearing red. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is trippy, except, you know, she follows them and they're on mobile phones. And, you know, there's a lesbian couple in the, the store and a mom chasing after her kid. And so clearly it's, it's the store, but it, then it's more. And then that Gilead water, I swear, I think that could be water imported from Gilead. I just like the branding. I was just like, oh, right. The wings. Yes. I'm like, this seems like wrong. Probably some trade deal. Like, oh, our water is great and godly. I don't know. Um, Godly water. (laughs) Godly water. Um, I could totally see them, you know, pure spring water. Um, Yeah, that was the grocery store was a real trip. and just kind of the flashbacks with, you know, the abuse and Serena Joy, it's like, it all came flooding back. I was amazed that she was able to gather herself together and walk out of there without having one of them find her and have to come get her. I thought it would have been a bigger meltdown than that. Well, I was like waiting to see like how it turned out. Cause like, it's like, she started to like lose it and then like cut to the next scene. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess she, you know, pulled herself together, but then even even that next scene, she's, I guess they're having like Rita and Emily over and she kind of comes down the stairs and it's like, she's preparing herself. Mm -hmm, You can tell mm -hmm. she's not. Yeah. She stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can tell she's not like fully there. And, and then, um, (laughs) you know, she, Emily's there with her banana bread and her kid, Oliver. And, and she wants- it is so cute, by the way. I know he's adorable. <laughs> like, and I think it's the same kid from last time and he's just mm-hmm. grown, but like when, but when he was in the episodes last season and, and read the, like the, was reading the dinosaur book. I'm like, this kid is like so He's cute. adorable. Yes. Yeah. Just so cute. Um, and I don't know, he just looked at her and she's like, can I have a hug? And and I thought that was, um, I don't know, I guess, you know, maybe it's like a hug from a slightly larger kid that's, it's not Hannah, but it's close enough because at least, mm-hmm. you know, one of her friends has her kid. I, but, I, mean, I thought that that was awkward, mostly because um, she hasn't seemed to want to touch anyone. And you're right, you're probably right that it was like, she was probably correlating him to Hannah in some way, but like, 
you're asking some child <laughs> that doesn't know you from Adam <laughs> to just give you a hug. That's awkward, lady. <laughs> I, yeah, she hasn't is, got her social cues back. Apparently. No. Yeah, it, it is weird. And, you know, but I wonder, I wonder how much Emily has told him about June, like she helped get mommy out, you know, and get, get me back. And so he might have had a little more summer, right. but still, that's just an assumption. Um, you know, that we're making. And then when Rita walks in, she's like, can I get some of that? I felt like this. I didn't realize how, I didn't remember Rita being that tall when you saw her next to June. I was like, man, she's tall. I need to look up anyway. That yeah. made me, that brought me tears when, yes. when yes. Yeah. And I was like, this is more kind of the type of reunion I've been mm -hmm. hoping for. And I guess it's because, you know, she's, she's seen Rita most recently mm -hmm. <clears throat> out of all these people and spent more time with her and you know, they were together in that house for so long that, you know, she knows. And, um, yeah. Um, but they didn't always get along, but well, still they have yeah. a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think especially at the beginning and I feel like Rita was really, um, you know, when she first came in the house, Rita was really trying to keep her at arm's length after what mm -hmm. happened to the previous handmaid who committed suicide in that house. Um, mm -hmm you know, and then she kind of broke down Rita's walls and, um, um, yeah, but I still think it's, it's so funny to kind of like hear these women talk, especially Rita, cause she does seem very religious in general. And so like when she says stuff now, like, um, oh, she looked like shit when they're talking about Serena in some ways it makes total sense. And in some ways it just seems really bizarre because she's you know so godly in a way um mm -hmm. still. but um yeah. yeah what was that expression that she said when when she first got there and hugged June and June said something to her and she said some kind of Gilead sounding it was, it was kind of it was kind of Gileady but she said praise heaven something and I don't think they've ever talked about heaven in Gilead okay. maybe they don't but so it, it was probably her Catholicism plus yeah, Gilead. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a weird hybrid. But even like that, a like a Gilead way of speaking, but using more Catholic terminology yeah, or yeah, something. Perhaps. Yeah, I know it's still. Um, yeah, still kind of. I was like, oh man, okay. Um, yeah, but um, so they're talking, and of course, you know these ladies like talk about your most awkward girls night ever um mm -hmm. <laughs> Moira, Moira over there trying to get drunk <laughs> I know <laughs> she's like we got out of there you know we got out um and I think it was just kind of um I don't know you know June's like of course she still has massive survivor skill and I think all of these women probably do to an extent but she's like do you feel like we actually deserve to get out and it's like what kind of question is that of course you deserve to get out like I like Moira's comment there enough of that Aunt Lydia shit or whatever yes. something like that <laughs> exactly Exactly. And then she's like, so what have you heard about Serena? And you just feel the room be mm -hmm. like, oh shit, are we going to tell her? Who's going to tell her? And it's in Rita's shaking her head. No, but even, even so she's just, you know, she, she tells her the news that, um, that Serena's pregnant and that, yes, it actually is Fred's baby. And I mean, is it really Fred's baby though? <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been wondering that all season. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ever since we found out Serena was pregnant because um, I feel like maybe she was hooking up with that Tuello guy or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I definitely saw it going in that direction for those two at one point, mm-hmm. but we've never seen that. And I think that, I mean, that would be a really interesting. Look, uh, let's just throw our tinfoil hats yes, on with yeah. that one. <laughs> well, but you know, actually, no, I think this is, it's, this is interesting. You're bringing it up because, um, there was something in the exchange between these two in the chapel where mm-hmm. he's like, since he's learned, he's going to be a father, but it, you know, it was clear he was very sweet on her, like early mm-hmm. on, like, um, you know, he, there's something about her that he likes. I mean, she's pretty for sure. And, you know, he knows that she's smart because he probably read her book that, um, she wrote before and, um, you know, wants, wants her as like an ally against the Americans, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they had kind of hooked up at some point, I would have thought we might've seen it, but, um, but why does he want her to get Fred to cooperate just to be allied against who Gilead? And then what does he need help with? Cause he's like, it'll help us both yeah what does he need help with I don't understand so I I had wondered earlier if it might be his baby but like I'm he every bit of his part in this episode pretty much other than taking uh June to see Serena later in the episode um I'm just like and that really could have been too I'm like he seems like he's got some motive underneath the surface like that I don't understand what that motive is so maybe if you do understand the motive you can explain it to me you know I I don't understand the motive and I think that I was even kind of thinking I want background on this guy I would love to see and I doubt we'll get it this season because the episodes are shorter they're only doing 10 of them but I feel like we need a Mark Truello flashback episode to what his life was like before because he's he's very interesting character and the way he talks about how his home was taken from him, how the homes were taken from these kids that June got out. And, um, you know, it makes you wonder who he left behind, mother, sister, daughter, wife, you know, whoever it is, the weird affinity towards Serena Joy. Now this very strange relationship they have that, you're right. It's more than just feeling, it seems like there's something more there than him just feeling duped by her that she's pregnant, you know, Oh, she actually was able to get pregnant. Is it Fred's? Is it, is it this guy's, you know, we don't know. Um, and you know, but she, you know, he knows that she turned on Fred and it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting how he got so sucked into her. And we'll talk about this at the very end too, because I think the Mm -hmm. whole last scene of this episode was super interesting. Um, But in some ways, it seems like he's getting very sucked in with June too. And, um, you know, he's like, it's incredible. You got these kids out. You know, he's just, he's, he's 
flabbergasted to, <laughs> to put out a really kind of old term and in awe. And I'm just kind of thinking, who is this guy? Because he seems very pliable in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it almost seems like he's so pliable. It's surprising he didn't go along with the Gilead stuff because he seems kind of easily swayed in a strange way by both these women. Um, That's true. So it's, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, but, but yeah. Um, and then I'm kind of surprised. I mean, God, what hour in the morning was it? June calls him and says, I want to see Serena join now. It had to be like probably three o'clock in the morning or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is he like, why didn't he just send her someone? Why did he like go himself? And, uh, yeah. he does seem to be trying like in his interviews with June, I feel like he's trying to keep it more business than he allowed it to be with Serena joy originally. But, um, but yeah, I don't understand that guy. <laughs> yeah. There's something, there's something weird about him. Um, I like him. Like, I don't know. Um, I never watched parenthood. Alex Axel talks about it, but um, I, I, guess I, I actually did. I, it's a really good show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like this guy's face. Like, I don't know. It's just like a different face from all, from the few dudes that we see in this show. And I'm like, he just seems very, I don't know, uh, welcoming but maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. There is, there is kind of something slightly off about him for sure. The look on June's face when she finds out Serena is uh, pregnant is pretty priceless. Um, and even that will fuck her, she says, mm-hmm. just does, I don't buy it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Mm-mm. No. no, she says she doesn't care, but you know, she does. I mean, oh. you could t- read that all over her face. Sometimes her expressions are very like, I just, they're not readable by me, but like that one was, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> she cares a whole lot. She's mm-hmm. really upset by this news. Yeah. And so let's talk about this crazy scene. I prayed for this chance. And I humbly thank the Lord for your visit. You would. You never did give me credit for anything. I believe that the Lord brought you here so that I could make amends. I brought myself here so that I could tell you how much I hate you. You don't deserve to make amends to anyone. The only thing that you deserve is a life full of suffering and shame. You have destroyed my life, my family, my friends, my country, and my child. Um, it's interesting because I watched some of like the little extras that they do and they're doing this thing this season called um, one burning question mm-hmm. and they talked about Serena Joy's endgame and it was both um, the actor that plays Nick and the actor that plays Mark Tuello Sam and Max are their real names but um, both of them were saying this is the best scene in the whole season and um you know, a lot of people have been talking about this and I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this scene? Okay. Um, 
it just was mind boggling. <laughs> like I couldn't believe that. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I can. So first of all, I think I said in my notes that I found it, it was so unbelievable yet totally believable that June wanted to go see Serena and then Serena like doing all the begging and whatever, but that's just her narcissistic self looking out for number one, as she always does. Um, and June berating her. I, I think she did that because she could, but okay. I, I don't know. It was very, it was a really bizarre scene, but it was a good scene. I don't think that if, if, I don't know, I can't really put myself in June's place because obviously, I mean, there's no frame of reference for anything that she's been through, but just as a person, like if I had been abused and I can imagine that, you know, just like <laughs> quote unquote, normal abuse, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like physically or just mental or whatever, like I could see myself wanting to do something like what June did, but in the end, I would just be beating myself up for being that kind of person and stooping to that level and, and whatever. So like, I think me I would I would not feel better having done that and I wonder if June is going to feel any better having done that because usually when you're trying to get like vengeance or revenge or whatever you think it's going to be so good and and it and it turns out to not be um you know and and basically tr trying to like curse her into losing her baby or whatever I mean maybe she thinks that they're well didn't she say when your baby dies or yeah. something so yeah. I, I was like thinking, <laughs> yeah, so that was, it was a lot. <laughs> and, and I kind of felt like June, you're not going to be happy that you did that later, but who knows, maybe she will be. Yeah. I think the first part I thought was really great where she was, where Serena's like, I prayed for this. And she's like, you know, and she, she was kind mm -hmm. of like, you never did give me enough credit. And She's like, I pray that blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I chose to come here to tell you how much I hate you, which mm -hmm. I, like, yeah. I don't think like that was the best part of this, right? But, you know, she gets into it and that whole, I mean, this is a complete role reversal from a very specific mm -hmm. scene in, in season one down to the language where I think it's after Serena Joy finds out that she went out with Fred and, and she's like, you better pray you're pregnant. Do you understand me? You know, it was that, but mm -hmm. June was so much more rabid. And I was just like, this is crazy. Um, and chilling at the same time, but at the same time, I don't really think it had very much impact on Serena other than finally convincing her, yeah, maybe I do need to team up with Fred because mm -hmm. that's not, exactly what it did. <laughs> I'm not scared of her, but I'm scared of what her testimony and everything might do to me. Um, so exactly. <laughs> yeah. All she did was push her right back to Fred so they can be the awful couple again. Oh, oh. And they're so awful. And, um, I mean, he is creepier than ever. Like he finally sees Serena really he is. spouting out some weird God crap. And I'm just like, oh my mm. God, this guy is such a slime ball. And I used to love Joseph Fiennes as an actor, like, mm -hmm. especially when he did Shakespeare in Love and uh, the uh, first Elizabeth movie. And I can, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to look at him in the same way again after this. He's just <laughs> creepy AF. 
totally. That's <laughs> like the guy that played Ramsey in Game of Thrones for me. Like I can't watch him in anything else because he will always be that to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, um, he's just like burned on my brain as this really freaking creepy rapist <laughs> right. douchebag. Um, and it's interesting because I mean, their dynamic is completely, their marriage is, is I think Luke and uh, June's marriage is now has messed up his Fred and Serene joys because she's very, um, you know, she kind of goes into the first time they're like, this is my pregnancy, my life, my choices. I'm like, oh yeah, lady, now you're all in for like women and their babies and everything when you've like basically ripped kids <laughs> been right. kids away from their moms you know for the past five years and you know she's uh, she's just such a hypocrite but she also says something to him after he's like oh this is god's miracle blah 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 she's like you can't pretend to know the things of god and and that was something don't speak that, for god <laughs> yeah yeah and um that reminded me also of this line that June said to her when she was going into the false labor and, you know, she like prayed over June's belly and she's like, you don't know the things of God or something. It was mm -hmm. like, it wasn't the exact phrasing, but it was very similar. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, now that she's a pregnant woman, all of a sudden she understands this, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. She's just, um, ugh, these two together are just so gross. Um, mm -hmm. she's creepy. She's bitchier than ever. I mean, just, I mean, sure. Maybe it's pregnancy hormones, but like the way she was treating Mark, uh, just like her ire at Fred, the only one that she's, you know, pretends to be, I don't know, scared of is June, which I don't buy that for a minute. I think, um, I mean, honestly, like June said all that stuff to her. I don't know. I probably just would have went full out physical attack on Serena. Like I am shocked that they left her alone with her. Are you kidding <laughs> right, me? Like right. I would just be like, let me get in a few good punches. At least Luke had the decency to do that the first time you met Fred. Um, <laughs> just like, oh, um, just ugh, those two are so gross. And now they're going to team up and we'll see how that goes. But um, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I guess what's left to talk about Moira and Una, the weird scene between Luke and June, and then the last speech. But mm -hmm. maybe let's talk about Moira and Una first. So you probably listened to the last pod where I wasn't necessarily a Una fan. Right. <laughs> um, but and I wasn't either. I did, did like her better in this episode, but I have did. different feelings about the scene than you do. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was like, okay, you know, she seemed a little more humbled. Um, Moira does seem to really be into her and we want Moira to be happy, um, That's especially, true. especially after, you know, Odette, I really like that character was only in one episode, but I kind of fell in love with her during that, you know, at least they did acknowledge that June is being viewed as an amazing intelligence asset, which was my point last podcast. I'm like, dude, she's valuable. She's really valuable. You want to bring her back. Like right. it might be worth risking it. And it sounds like it actually was They're They're not completely shut down. They can't do the work they were doing, but they're not completely out of business at this point. So, but I would love to hear your take on this. <laughs> I just, no, I, okay. So I have to concede that Moira probably was at least supposed to be 
semi drunk or at least tipsy, but because of the way she was acting in the scene with the the women sitting there drinking and talking about Serena and whatever else. But I I don't think that it's a good look for anybody to be begging anybody to take them back. And it just was so it made her look kind of pathetic to me, Moira. And it made me sad for her because I was like, you're better than that. Don't beg her to take you back. (laughs) But, and I mean, part of that probably was because I kind of felt this similarly to how you felt last episode about Una, because she just seemed like cold and whatever. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I do want Moira to be happy. <laughs> You're right. So yeah. I'll go with what you say, <laughs> but it did, it did just kind of like, it was like ick to me. Cause I don't like to see anybody begging someone to take them back. Yeah. Well, and you do have a point that you do have a point. And also this is her first relationship after Gilead. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think after all that trauma too, yeah, you want to like get back to like having a person having love, having, you know, a future with someone. And so it is, maybe she is settling too. Maybe it's like, oh, this is the first person that I've been interested in. That's also been interested in me. And, and I don't want to lose that, Um, you know, but at the same time, I always kind of felt like there could potentially be something between um, Emily and Moira in the future. Um, you know, clearly they're friends, but mm-hmm. there was a time I kind of thought, oh, is this really going to work out with Emily's wife? And it, you know, um, well, even in this episode, Emily said that things were still kind of strained and mm-hmm. she's sure that she's not working all the extra hours to be away from her, but, <laughs> but really, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Um, yeah. Cause she doesn't seem entirely happy and no, she and, doesn't. And even when Una had come into the office that time and, you know, she had this look on her face that was just kind of longing, whether it was for her to have another, to have a relationship like that again, or was it because of Moira or I don't know, um, Mm -hmm. time will, time will tell, but I, I almost saw those two as a potential couple somewhere down the road and maybe it'll happen. It's not necessarily too late, but I, I feel like Emily's a much closer version to, Odette than this Una person is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people, some people really have types and stick to them. Um, I know someone that, like, every single one of his girlfriends he's brought home has, it's like they're almost look like the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, you have a type, definitely, um, which is kind of funny. But um, okay, let's talk about this air quotes sex scene between Luke and June after she gets back from visiting Serena. Um, what the fuck was this? Like I, 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 um, it was rape. It was rape. Okay. I'm glad you agree with me on that front because I'm like me and my best friend both agree too. Cause I, we talked about it on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so, um, it's not like she hasn't had good loving sex in the time that she's been away from him. Cause right. she and Nick, like those two were a hot ticket. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the scenes, <clears throat> the scenes between them were always pretty steamy and frequent. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> and um, 
slightly rough at times. And she did take control with Nick <clears throat> at times um, sexually when they were together. But this was the first he tries to touch her. She pins the hand down. Mm-hmm. He says, wait, she's on him. She, and then she covers his mouth. And yeah. it's, it's so detached. It's like she is just there to get herself off. And mm-hmm. I don't think he got himself off. <laughs> I think <laughs> it was really just, I have never seen a sex scene like this with a woman in control. And yeah, basically raping the guy. It's, it's her husband. But at the same time, that rape is rape and you it can still happen when you're married but I it just this blew my mind I was just like holy shit um, yeah in the earlier scene when um he tried kissing her and she was kissing him back when they were in the kitchen and it was super super awkward to me that seemed like kind of skeevy on Luke's part um because yeah. I'm like dude I know she's been gone for a long time and you love her and like you you've probably been abstinent <laughs> yeah. but um you know she's been a sex slave she's been like used and abused and tortured and everything else like you need to give her a little bit of time to acclimate because like it was clear through almost the whole episode that they were very uncomfortable mm-hmm. in each other's company and um but he did seem more like he expected it to fall back into place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, and then, I, which I'm like, dude, you've heard the stories. You were, you know, you escaped yeah. with a woman that didn't talk for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it did, it, there is something that it seemed very insensitive. Um, mm-hmm. So then I had wondered if she went to go off on Serena Joy if she did that in the middle of the night because she knew that it would get her juices flowing and then she would be able to do what she needed to do because like is it again like she's trying to be what she thinks Luke needs her to be and so she just needed to get past that hurdle and go ahead and but it needed to be on her terms only and the fact that she like bend his hand down and he said wait which is the equivalent of stop mm-hmm. yes or no yeah uh-huh and she covered his mouth like she it was rape it was yeah. and and you know even if he did ejaculate because he may have because if it's been five or seven years or however long since she's been True. gone and he's been abstinent his body probably was just ready to do that anyway yeah yeah whether he was trying to or not <laughs> so yeah the whole scene was weird and I was just sitting there with my jaw a little bit drop like she just raped him mm-hmm. yeah. all that she's been through and everything else. She, she just put that on him. But then, you know, when they go to the next scene with them, he looks all happy. So it's like, you know, he doesn't, he's not looking at it as rape would be my opinion of that, but it doesn't make it not rape. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But then I, the only justification I could come up with, sorry, just that one more thing okay. was that, was that, um, with like, she was trying to be what he needs her to be in her mind. And maybe that's why she did it, but still, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was really, um, yeah, very uncomfortable, definitely rape. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I did, it was definitely linked with the Serena Joy visit for sure. Maybe it was like, it's almost like she's trying to take some sense of control back too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, I got that too. I, I think that had a lot to do with it, but you know, the next day they're out playing with the kid outside in the snow and everything does look happy. There's one point where he looks at her with a, an expression on his face, like oh, maybe he is kind of questioning what happened last night. And it's all mm-hmm. taking place when she's giving this talk to Mark Tuello about Serena Joy. She's pathological. She's a sociopath. She's toxic and abusive. She's a monster. And by the way, a consummate actress. What do you think drives her? Hatred. And rage. And underneath all of that, there's nothing but pure misery. And she'll do anything not to feel that way. Anything to feel okay. Even just for a second. She'll do anything to get what she wants. Lie to you. Hurt you. Rape you. So if you feel yourself getting sucked in by her, run. Run for your life. When she said she rapes, I was like, you just raped him. Exactly. (laughs) Which makes me wonder, was she talking just about Serena Joy? Because this could all be about her as well. She sucked Mm -hmm. you in. And if she starts sucking you in, you better run for your life. It's like, okay, we've, we've seen earlier this episode, June kind of become Aunt Lydia at times in mm-hmm. her authority and decision-making and, and things like that and put Lydia in her place for a few minutes. She's done the same with Serena, and but it now it seems like she even embodies more of Serena, just like it was interchangeable. Okay, she's, she's talking about Serena Joy, but she could just as easily be talking about herself at this point. Um, and the way that, she behaved in some of the episodes last season, I felt like she had taken on a lot of uh, Serena Joy's personality traits too. I mean, this has been developing over time. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, but you know, you become conditioned by your environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, you do. And, mm-hmm. and so it's Aunt Lydia's influence. It's Serena Joy's influence. It's Fred's influence, uh, Lawrence's influence. Um, you know, it's kind of she's, she's learned by example from Serena Joy and Aunt Lydia. And then she's kind of learned to spar with and manipulate the men because that's Mm -hmm. what you have to do to survive in some ways. And with the, it's so interesting. It's more about manipulating the men and it's more about like just really um, banging horns with the women. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like it's like a 
big game wildlife, more kind of the 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 bucks with horns sparring, is <laughs> actually the women uh, in this in this mm-hmm. in this movie in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I she she called uh, Serena Joy pathological, but June is definitely becoming pathological mm-hmm. in in her own in her own actions. And, uh, they both have a real single-mindedness that I (laughs) kind of find disturbing. Um, when I started this season, uh, I, I only did a rewatch of just the last episode of Mm -hmm. last season. Lord, I forgot how much that episode had me crying, Mm -hmm. but in the part when she's holding the gun, on the um martha that tries to take the little girl back toward the beginning of the episode and then she won't then she's like pointing the gun at the little kid and then she you know commander lawrence wants the gun back and she won't give it to him and she's like i'm in charge and that was all like her her single-mindedness the way that she's just like got her focus on that one thing and it's like i mean it's always had the overarching thing of getting hannah back too but that's like the bigger picture and then this is the small focus that is the path that i'm on right now and we have to get to the end of this by any means necessary and that's how serena joy is all the time too by any means necessary that's why Mm -hmm. she put june with nick yeah so it's 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 very convoluted and and yet at the same time it just is all going to the same direction do you know what I mean it's like you guys are all a bunch of crazy people yeah yeah um well and that's even you know it's just interesting how the whole Gilead thing has changed people in general and you know definitely June but I think also you know when they showed up at that place in Chicago and and that guy, Steven, automatically assumes that they're going to sleep with him for trade, you know, <sighs> treat so him the sick. same way. I'm just like, wow, look at, look at what's happened to all these people. Even the ones that haven't been sucked into Gilead have just become lesser. Um, they've just really become lesser and it's, um, it's tragic. And then you kind of think about some of the countries that are warring around the world and it's like, yeah, this is how you break down people. This is why people become refugees because they need to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting. What? So let's uh, let's theorize a little or, or talk about what we think is going to happen. So my big question for the last few episodes has been: Do you think Janine is still alive? So I want Janine to be alive. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I do not know, obviously. Um, I'm hopeful. Um, But I mean, she very well could be gone. I just don't want her to go out like that. You didn't see it on screen. It didn't happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I I still think she's out there. I'm hoping that she's out there. Um, But I do have concerns about about her future if she's still alive. I'm afraid she'll get sucked back into Gilead somehow and end up back with Aunt Lydia um, and be used against June somehow. So that's... um, Yes, your theory on that I found very interesting. I was like, ooh, that would suck so bad, but I could really see that happening. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I really liked it when you, was that last week or the week before when you talked about that? Um, I can't remember. I it was but, last week. Yeah, it was last but, week. Yes. Cause you were by yourself last yeah. week and you were like, I'm going to do some theorizing, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think that that would be a really good way to bring her back for mm-hmm. the series. And it would make a lot of sense with the way the stories tend to go. Um, but I, I don't want it to be true, but at the same time, it would be a good story. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be very interesting. I want better than that for Janine. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me too. I've got a really soft spot for her. Um, and she's made it this far. I feel right? like that would be unfair to take her out just in an explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? Because, I mean, Gilead is always very, I think, tight-lipped about the things that that happen and who escapes, but clearly Nick, Commander Lawrence, Aunt Lydia will all find out that June is now in Canada. What do you think that react, those reactions are going to be like? Well, I think that hopefully Nick will be glad. Uh, <laughs> Commander Lawrence, I'm not sure because like he helped them, but then like he's trying to get back in good with, I don't understand what he's doing. Um, I don't, yeah. I, I don't understand. I, I, he's saving his own neck is all I can imagine. So is he like really rooting for Gilead now just so that he can be safe? But honestly, I don't think he's ever going to be safe in Gilead unless he turns it back around to where, you know, it's America again. Um, I don't think he'll ever be safe because of what he did. Yeah. But Aunt Lydia is going to be upset. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be upset. That's why I think that your theory on Janine getting Janine and and turning her against June is a really good possibility. It seems like that would be a really good way to clo- to get all, you know, cuz Lydia is going to be mad. Yeah. Um I I do think Lydia's going to be mad at least at first. I do think Nick will be happy. He'll be happy that she's out and ideally with their daughter. Um I mean, Commander Lawrence, it is interesting. I actually think he is in a better position with June out. Um, and, it, and it seemed like he, he kind of didn't care if she lived or died for a while. Because I think for a while mm-hmm. he thought, I'll be better off if she's dead and not causing trouble in Gilead. But right. I think if it came down to it, she might be more of an advocate for him with the powers that be outside Gilead just because he did help get the kids out like she has she definitely has a lot of control in terms of I think his fate if stuff ever goes down um I mean it could probably it wouldn't necessarily mean he would avoid prison but his life might be spared um to some extent Commander Lawrence's yeah I thought she died no commander not not um no, Commander Lawrence. Okay. I'm confused no. then. <laughs> no, I meant that his that his life would be spared. Life. I thought you yeah. said wife. No, 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 w. no. W. That's yeah. so sorry. I'm confused. <laughs> I was like, I no. thought his wife died. She killed herself, didn't she? <laughs> sorry, my brain. Oh, she's still roaming around somewhere in the attic. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes his life could be spared yes that makes a whole lot more sense I was like what (laughs) oh boy um yeah and 
um, have you read the Testaments? I have not. I need to read these books. Um, It's uh, the first book, honestly, it's all the first season, pretty much. Um, I do feel like Fred and Serena are somewhat older and a little different. Fred is not as disgusting in the book. Um, (laughs) Serena might be more so, but um, uh, the, the second book is interesting and I'm they've already started kind of like laddering into what that will be because it it does focus on three characters specifically that we all are aware of I won't Mm. kind of give it up but um but it'll it'll be interesting to see um I do think Aunt Lydia is going to be pretty pissed at first but I also think she's part of her is going to be proud in a really weird way yes yes I agree yeah yeah that one of her girls was made it out. <laughs> I think she does have pride in June, but she tries to stifle that in herself because she, that's, that's like the old part of her from her, mm. from her previous life is proud of June. And she doesn't want to let, you know, she like keeps that squashed down, but like you can see it in her face sometimes when she's alone or whatever, but um, I agree. I, I think that she will have some some proud moments, but on the surface, she'll just be angry because she has to keep up with her um, <laughs> the job she stole back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They failed at getting her back, and so that'll be interesting to see kind of the repercussions that has both for Nick and Commander Lawrence and her aunt Lydia. You know, kind of a prize to handmade. Um, that they'd probably rather see dead um, as a whole um, mm-hmm. is now out and alive. And we'll see, we'll have to see what happens next. Um, very, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this is, you know, um, I was talking to Andy Theobald um, who just started watching The Handmaid's Tale uh, like a month or so ago. Yes, and, I think um, you mentioned that to me a while back. <laughs> and um he, he, he's finally caught up with this season and was on the farm and he's like, oh yeah, now I've listened to the podcast and yeah, farms, the farm is definitely not that way. The farm he lives on and manages, <laughs> but he said, man, this, this show gives you victories and then they just give you defeats. Um, actually, I want to pull up exactly what he said because I thought it was so on and I thought, oh, this is specifically this episode. Um, oh, he says, um, I figured I was going to be in for some pain and suffering soon. The show never allows victories to last for long. And I said, yep, that's the ultimate way to, to describe episode seven, because this should be a huge victory. And yet there is so much suffering mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, Yeah. But I mean, we'll see what's coming next. It's, um, I'm, I'm really curious to know if we're going to find out the fate of Serena Joy and Fred this season, what happens there. Um, and yeah, I'm curious kind of what's happening, what the repercussions back in Gilead are. Um, but I mean, we've been pretty firmly planted outside Gilead the last couple episodes, which is a, a very interesting shift too. Um, yeah, when you were when you asked the question about <clears throat> Commander Lawrence and and Nick and Aunt Lydia, I was like, we haven't seen them in a 
while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this episode was completely in Canada. And then um, other than the flashbacks, oh my gosh, sorry, my phone is, I thought I silenced it, but it is being noisy. <laughs> like, texting you, me. <laughs> my best friend is texting me. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> um, anyway, the whole uh, episodes, this one was in Canada and the previous one was what on the milk truck in Chicago or, or no, the milk truck was yeah, they had some in, in Gilead in that episode. Yeah. It was um last episode was on the boat. All yeah. on the boat. So, so yeah. we haven't seen them in a few. Yeah, in a bit. So anything else to add before we close down? Honestly, I already closed my notes. I think that we've covered most of it. Most of All it. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, you did have one more question about June loving Nick more than she loves Luke. Yes. And I do think she loves Nick more than she loves Luke, but I, yeah, I, I do that's the feeling I get. I think part yeah. of that was just her telling Nicole, your first daddy loves you so much or whatever too. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, that was the only other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me this podcast. It's great. I hope that we'll be able to do it again at some point. In yes, the future. it was fun. Thank and, you for having me on. Of course. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this week. And don't let the bastards grind you down. <laughs> <laughs>